The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. way of describing Christmas then with that phrase, when love was born. And if you don't mind, for just a few minutes this morning, I'd like to unpack kind of the, the story of Christmas, understanding how love was born. You see, John 3.16 begins and it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life for God so loved the world you can put your name in there for God so loved you you individually each one of us God so loved us that he gave us his only son and listen every time you think of Christmas you need to remember that it's a sign from heaven that God loves you When you think of Christmas, it's a sign that you are loved. Every pain that you feel in your heart, every disappointment that you go through, every tear that falls, God knows about everything that you're walking through, and He cares. In fact, God sent His Son, Jesus, to bring life. In John 10.10, Jesus is describing describing Himself, and He says this, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to bring you and I an abundant life, not just eternal life, though that's awesome, but an abundant life here and now. Now he says that in this verse and he's contrasting why the thief has come. And he says this earlier in that verse, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, everything in your life that has been stolen from you, your peace of mind, your health, relationships with your loved ones, everything in your life that has been destructive, everything that has broken your heart does not come from God. It's not from Him. It's not His purpose, not His plan. It comes from the devil, the thief. The Bible says that He has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. You know, if you look around at the world in which we live in, you can recognize that you and I live in a fallen world. But that's not the way that God created it. He never meant for the world to have natural disasters called by some as the acts of God. Those are not the acts of God. He didn't cause or create all the violence, the anger, and the hatred that is in our world. But all of these things came about because Adam, the first man, fell. See, God had created him in paradise, a a place that was free from natural disasters and human destruction. And God placed him in the Garden of Eden. And Adam, along with his wife, lived in perfect happiness. And God said, everything in the earth is yours. Everything. All the fruit trees you may eat freely of, but to show that you honor me, to show that you recognize that I am the source of all goodness and life, don't eat from this one tree that is in the center of the garden. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of of course, many of you know the story how the devil came, and as he always does, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he tempted man, and man fell. And as a result of the one man's sin, sin spread to all mankind. And even though God loves man, he hates the sin. But why does God hate sin? I mean, even though God loves you and I, he hates sin. Why is that? Well, it's like this. If you have someone that you love that has cancer, you love the person, but you hate the cancer. 
Why? Because cancer steals, kills, and destroys. In fact, at the level that you love the person is the level that you'll hate the cancer. Why? Because it's destroying the one that you love. So why does God hate sin? Because it destroys the ones that he loves. He loves you, but he hates that destructive sin that's in you. So what was God's solution? Christmas. See, God sent his only son, Jesus, to be born in a manger for the sole purpose of saving mankind. He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. He came to redeem us from sin, that sin that steals from us, that kills us, and that destroys it. And on the cross, he provided an opportunity for you to become free from the penalty of sin. Jesus Christ became liable. He became accountable for our sin. Therefore, at the cross, a great exchange took place where the sins of mankind were placed upon the body of Jesus that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5 kind of explains this sin process like this. It says, for he, talking about God the Father, made him, talking about Jesus the Son, who knew no sin. Do you realize that Jesus knew no sin? Yet he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus became sin so that you and I could get in right standing with our creator. So because of the cross, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus died for your sin, your sin was nailed to the cross. And because of that, a great exchange took place and Jesus took your sin and now the blessing and favor that was on Jesus is transferred to you. And we walk with, away with the favor of God shining in our lives. From then on, we receive blessings that we know we don't deserve. And God's favor is on our life, not because we are good, but because he is good. And because he is good, his goodness shows up in our life in wonderful ways. See, it's kind of against that backdrop that why Christmas, why Jesus coming to earth as a baby is so important. In Luke chapter 2, we see the Christmas story, and I don't have time this morning to read it all, but I want to share just a part of it. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, Then the angel said to them, talking to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The angel said, don't be afraid, because the Bible says that when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they weren't just afraid, they were greatly afraid. So the angel said, don't be afraid, for today I bring you good news of great joy. Listen, if you're here today and you're facing some great fears in your life, maybe you're greatly afraid because of all of the crazy things that are going on in our world. Maybe you're greatly afraid because there's some crazy things going on in your life. Today, if you'll receive the good news of Jesus, you can leave this place today filled with joy because you know that Jesus is watching over you. So the angel said, don't be afraid. And reading on in verse 11, it says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice that Jesus is called a Savior. He's not called the judge. He's not called the rule keeper or the lawgiver. He came to be a savior. So what is a savior and what does a savior do? He saves. See, it's not just what Jesus does. It's who he is. He's a savior. Therefore, he saves. And he just, he doesn't just save us as some people think from hell to heaven. And then that's all a savior does. No, it's much more than that. 
He, he saves us. He protects us. He watches over us. He makes us whole in every area and arena of our lives. See, there's so much more than we often realize to Jesus being a Savior. And what we needed, what we need is a Savior. We don't need a lawgiver who will just instruct us. Most of us are already fully aware that we did not perform well enough to earn God's favor and blessing. See, Jesus wouldn't pass a drowning man and tell him, hey, here's a book, Swimming for Dummies. Jesus would actually jump into the water and save him. He came to be our Savior. Some people think, well, I don't know that I'm savable. Listen, you don't have to be savable. You only have to be willing to receive him as Savior. You simply believe in him and you receive him into your life. You see, God will not force you to receive his son. He won't force you to be blessed. He won't force you to receive his love, even though he'll continue to love you. If he could choose to force man, he could manipulate man's choices. And if he did that, he would have stopped Adam from partaking of the tree in the first place. But see, the reason why Adam was free to choose is because when God created man, when he created you and I, he gave us a free will to choose. God didn't want some kind of robot that would just be manipulated to love him. He wanted you to choose to love him. He wanted you to choose to be in relationship with him. He wanted you to choose him as Savior. See, you can leave this place today without Jesus being your Savior. And Jesus won't stop you. Because God has given you a free will. You have to consent to being saved. You have to choose Jesus as Savior. Jesus came for you. And Jesus died for you. See, Jesus has done everything for you, but you must say yes to what Jesus has done for whatever he has done to become yours. Christmas is God's greatest expression of love for us. He came, Jesus came to be a savior to all who believe in and receive him. It really is that simple. And so the question for us this morning as I close our time together in sharing this Christmas story is, have you personally received Jesus as your Savior? I don't mean do you intellectually understand about Jesus. I don't mean do you think of yourself as a good person or because you're an American you think you're a Christian. I don't mean do you go to church now and again. I'm, I'm asking you, have you personally made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? See, this morning, I'm not inviting you to join a church or join a religion. I'm inviting you to open up your heart and life to Jesus, to allow him to be your savior and receive him today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will be saved. I'm going to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, for just a moment. Because I'd like to give you an opportunity. This is probably one of the most important points in our production. Because I want to give you an opportunity. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive this free gift of salvation. To cry out to Jesus and say, Jesus, that's me. I want to be saved. I want to walk in the good life that you have for me. So if you're here this morning and you've never made that decision to give your life to Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front right there at your seat. I'm going to lead you in a prayer for you to ask Jesus into your heart and life. But I also want to pray for those of you that might be here today and you're saying, Pastor Richie, 
At one point in my life, I made a decision to give my life to Christ, but I'm here this morning and I recognize that I'm not where I need to be with God. And I'm asking this morning to be included in that closing prayer also because I'd like to rededicate my life to the Lord. So our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, no one's looking or moving around. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Richie, I need Jesus for the very first time, or I'd like to rededicate my life to the Lord. If that's you, I want to pray for you right where you're at. Would you just slip your hand up and hold it up high for just a moment saying, would you include me in that closing prayer? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you right here. Yes, back here and here. God bless you. God bless you, young man. Just hold it up high for just a moment if you would. God bless you right here. This mom and daughter. God bless you right over here and here. God bless you right back here. Yes, all these hands right through here. God bless you. God bless you, young lady. This is one of the most important decisions that you could ever make. Right where you're at. Yes, God bless you. Pastor Richie, I need Jesus in my life. Either for the first time or I'd like to rededicate my life. I'm going to look across the audience one more time. And then we're going to pray. Yes, God bless you. Here and here. Right where you're at. Slip it up. Yes, God bless you. Way in the back. Right here and here. God bless you. Yep, yep. Way in the back over here too. God bless you. Hands going up all over the place. God bless you, young lady. Hey, man, I see these hands. You can put your hands down with a head still bowed, eyes still closed. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask everyone that's here today to say this prayer out loud after me. If you are one of those that lifted your hand as you pray this prayer, I want you to know that Jesus, by faith, is going to come into your heart and life. He's going to make you, the Bible says, a brand new creation. He's not going to change you. You're going to be made new this morning. So I want to invite everyone just to pray out loud after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. And thank you for coming to this earth as a baby to be a savior just for me. Thank you for dying on the cross and paying the penalty for my sin. I receive you into my heart today to be my Lord and Savior. So thank you, Jesus, for loving me. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Man, that is awesome this morning. Amen. We are so excited for you. Listen, you have made, again, the greatest decision that you could ever make. And it's just about five, ten minutes we're going to be dismissed. And on your way out back at guest services, we have a little booklet that we'd love to get into your hand. If you prayed that prayer today or you prayed it recently and you're going, Pastor Richie, I I want to know about being a follower of Jesus. Swing by and pick up that booklet. It's a free booklet on your way out. And uh, it's just our gift to you to help you understand what it means to be a follower of Christ. You know, the Bible says that when one person come to repentance, the angels in heaven rejoice. I imagine with 20 or so people giving their life to Christ, they are throwing a party up in heaven. Now, just so you know, Just so you know, Christians should be able to party better than the world parties. We just don't need the stimulants that they need because we have joy in our heart. Amen? Because we know that we are going to live forever with Jesus. Best decision you could ever make. In fact, because they're throwing a party up in heaven, we actually prepared a couple of songs that we think are kind of some part. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.